this is Georgina Terry. Welcome to another episode of Tea Chatter. I'm going to be talking today with Carrie Litka. Carrie's a member of our Team Terry racing team. And at 4'11", she's uniquely qualified. Sorry about that. It's the 4th of July. My neighbor is fascinated with fireworks. Anyway, she's uniquely qualified to talk about finding small bikes, making them fit, making bikes that don't fit fit, just about everything you can think of. You'll also probably know Carrie because she's a regular participant on our Terry forums answering questions about bike fit. So, stay tuned. There were no fireworks when I talked to Carrie, and I hope you'll enjoy this. Carrie Litka, thank you so much for coming today to spend some time to talk about small things considered. It's great to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. I think everybody knows from my introduction that you're a member of Team Terry, and I am I correct? You're 411? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's of interest to me? I don't know if I'm just crazy or not, but I have this theory, and maybe you can say, yeah, you're on the right track or you're full of it. But I think that women who successfully race bicycles, if we did a bell curve of their heights, we would find that those women tend to be taller than the bell curve of just the casual American female cyclist. And I think that because I think that those women need good equipment, and it's the taller women who find good equipment easier to come by than smaller women. Am I, do you think I'm on the right track? Is there any credence to that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because, I mean, I've been racing for 10 years, and I am hands down the smallest person racing. And most of the women I know can can ride any bike from any, any manufacturer, never have a problem with fit, can go into any bike shop and walk out an hour later with, you know, a top-of-the-line racing bike, and they never really even think twice about it. And I've noticed just in racing that, you know, the – even taller women still are going to ride something that's small on the men's spectrum, mm-hmm. but they're riding like a 52 or a 54 top tube bike, which is not an unusual size. That's definitely the case. So I'm kind of curious. I mean, the odds were really stacked against you for becoming a serious racer, yet here you are doing it. What What was your search for equipment like when you first got into the sport? It was. I didn't realize how difficult it was going to be because – um, you know, when I was in college, I had a mountain bike that I used for transportation. And, you know, I walked into a bike shop and walked out an hour later with a bike and never thought twice about fit. And it was <laughs> when I decided to get into road cycling. Um, I had graduated from college and I decided I wanted to get into road cycling, uh, primarily from a fitness perspective, because I was a runner who was injured and was told I had to stop running for a period of time. And I was looking to just to do something to stay active. And I went, I went out one day, and I was on a mission to, to look at road bikes. And I went to five different bike shops all over uh, Massachusetts and New Hampshire, and everyone I went into said, well, we don't have anything that fits you, and we don't sell anything that fits you. Wow. And I was floored. I just I couldn't believe it. And it, this is totally random and coincidence, but the last shop I went into, the guy explained to me you know, how to fit a bike, went over the whole process with me, fit me on a mountain bike because that's all they had. And he said, wait a minute, we have, we have a bike in the basement that we got on consignment that I think would fit you. And he brought up a Terry, and oh I bought gosh. it. And that was my very first road bike. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever because I walked out with a bike that fit me. And it was, you know, a 16-inch a Terry Gambit. And oh, it was, yeah. 
Yeah, it was down tube shifters, seven speed biopace. And, you know, I knew it wasn't as good as what I could have gotten if I was taller, but I didn't sure. care because it fit me. And sure, it was 24 inch front wheel. Yeah, and I have still it. have it. Uh, oh, do you? That's fantastic. Yeah. How long did you ride on that bike then before you moved up to something else? And what was the something else? I rode that bike actually only for about six months. Um, mm-hmm. I got extremely lucky. I, I bought that bike in July of 1998 and I rode it every day and I just fell in love with it and then I started thinking I wanted to get into racing and a friend of mine said well you know you can't race that bike because it's got two different size wheels right and as luck would have it my local bike shop had a 43 centimeter Cannondale with 650 wheels that was uh, they had taken it on consignment someone had bought it and it was too small for them was that a women's specific design or was that before Cannondale was doing that that was before, yeah. Okay. This the the year model of the bike was 1997, mm-hmm. and I believe it was the second year they were doing the compact frames with the sloping geometry and the 650 wheels. Mm-hmm. So I bought that bike used, and that, in my opinion, was race ready. Um, it, most people now would laugh because it was Shimano RX100 components, with, <laughs> you know, 32 spoke. Oh, non-aero yeah. wheels, but I didn't care. It had it, it. It fit me perf at the time. I thought it fit me perfectly, and to me, it was more appropriate for racing. And I raced that bike for four years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Everyone, everyone used to laugh because it was so tiny, and and it wasn't you know up to date. It was eight speed when I bought it, and I didn't care. Do, is six fifty supported in races? It is in New England. Oh, um, oh really? Just in New yes. England, though. Yes, when I started racing, it wasn't, and I used to always bring in neutral wheels. And then in 2003, I actually switched to a 700C wheeled bike, and I gave my extra 650 wheels to the neutral support people in New England so that they could have them for other women. Oh, that's great. And um, the first two years I raced for Terry, I always had to bring my own wheels, but this season they have neutral Zip 404 650 wheels. Oh, nice. With Shimano nice. 10-speed, and and they have them at every race. Uh, SRAM does the neutral support here in New England, and they they bring them to every race, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. What was the 700C bike that you went to from the Cannondale? It was a Moser, and it's not. Oh a bike. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I never would have even um, thought of getting a bike like that. I knew I needed a new one, and I was in the market for something different, and. I was torn between 650 and 700 because I, I thought that I could possibly go up to a 700C bike. And mm-hmm. the bike I got was it was very small. It had a sloping top tube. It was a compact geometry. It was a, I think it equated to about a 46-centimeter frame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It had the same length top tube that my current Terry Fest woman has. Mm-hmm. But the handling of it was severely compromised. It didn't corner well. Oh, yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah. It, cornering on that was not fun, and I had a really hard time getting a low aerodynamic racing profile on that bike. Oh, I, I yeah. Like it was kind of upright, yeah. For sure, because with the head tube must have been, you know, like almost above your saddle position. Yes, exactly. And yeah. I raced that bike for up until I started racing for Terry, and I thought it was okay, um, but when I switched to my Terry, I couldn't believe the difference in handling from one mm-hmm. bike to the next. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of these these different front wheel sizes, be it 24, 650, or whatever. I just did a video on our site about that, 
it, it opens up so many possibilities to the designer. I mean, finally, you can concentrate on what is the spike designed for, not, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do to make it fit? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you give up all credibility when you play that game. But if you're willing to live with the different wheel sizes, you know, you've got the world at your door. And I don't mind the different wheel sizes. I One of the things that frustrates me, and I see this all over the Internet, I see it on forums, um, like on Road Bike Review, I see people write in and they say, well, you know, it's generally a guy writing about his wife or girlfriend that she wants to get a road bike and she's short and she's, you know, five feet tall. And I don't want her on 650 wheels because you know, there's no choice for wheels and there's no choice for tires. And I'm thinking, would you rather have a bike that fits that's a little harder to find parts for, mm-hmm. or would you rather have a bike that you can get parts anywhere, but it doesn't fit? I mean, I can't believe that people actually consider what, you know, having a bike that is ill-fitting over ease of getting tires. And, uh, and, and honestly, you, the well, truth, I've never had a problem getting any tires, wheels, equipment. Yeah, I, I think that I can't believe that anybody would say that about 650, because when you have companies like Trek and Cannondale, large manufacturers like that, not, we're not large, but we're doing it too. Using a 650 wheel, hey, you know that there's got to be a good source for that. Well, so exactly. That that's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. One of the interesting things, though, that I have heard is that it's starting to be a little bit of an issue getting 650 carbon forks if you want a true. one and an eighth inch steerer, which just blows my mind. That is I'm, true because I just um, I took my first year. Terry Fastwoman, and I made it into a time trial bike, and I just happened to find a 650 carbon fork with a carbon steer tube, inch and an eighth, that Easton made, mm. uh, and I bought it, and I put it on, and it's a bladed arrow fork that's specifically for time trialing, and it's a very light fork, and I started looking to see what other forks were available, and I cannot find any other forks that match the rake on the bike that I have, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to mess around with the rake because then the handling's going to get screwed up. That's right. That's right. So yeah, there's there's the the Easton makes a fork, um, and then there's the one that we currently have on the bikes, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, they are they are really difficult to find. It kind of surprises me because those forks are certainly being used on other WSDs, but it seems like all that manufacturing is tied up for OEM and not for aftermarket, mm-hmm. which is is really kind of wacky. It's amazing. Amazing. Um, how many are there? Lots of other women, say five feet, five one, five two, four eleven, racing these days. And, and you know, what are they doing in terms of equipment? Are you seeing anything really neat? Um, not really. There, there's a handful of women around my size. Um, in the time I've been racing, I've had a few friends who went with custom frames from small frame builders. Oh yeah. And I've seen some of them do 650s and, and some do 700 C wheels. I've seen some women racing uh, Cervellos, which are way too big for them. And you look at the girl and you look at the bike and you can see that the bike is too big for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've, somebody told them that that fits them and that they shouldn't be on 650 wheels. And so I don't see too many women racing 650s. When I first started racing, in the, probably the first five years I raced, I saw more of it than I do now. Um, I see a lot of women riding some of the major, major manufacturer women-specific bikes, like from Specialized. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of Specialized. And, and I think um, Specialized is all 700C, isn't it? Yes. And 
I'm really surprised by that. I know giants are very common among small women, and giant does do 650 wheels on their smallest two frames. Yes. And so I do see that, and I, I've actually ridden a giant, and I liked their bike. I didn't like it as much as my fast woman, but <laughs> I, and that's the truth. I don't. I uh-huh. love my fast woman, but I Thank was you. I was impressed with the giant. Yeah. Um, but the the specialized bikes they look. So I'm not trying to slam the company, but their women-specific bikes, the smallest size, just look wrong. They don't mm-hmm. look like a bike. They look confused. And I see a lot of women riding those, and I, I really question what made them choose that bike because I wouldn't choose that one. You know, th- that's a whole interesting area for discussion into itself. What You know, it, it worries me sometimes, I think, that I worry that that, that – women are sometimes influenced by by people who think that that's the kind of bike that they would like to ride, to ride or they think other people should ride and and sometimes they don't always have the information they need to make the right decision and then they leave the shop with the wrong bike how how do we get around that i mean are we as an industry perpetuating that problem what what's making that happen how can we fix that I'm not sure because I I have a lot of friends who ride recreationally who have that exact experience. They go into the bike shop and they come out on the bike that somebody told them they should get, not the bike that is the best fit for them. Mm -hmm. And I worked in a bike shop, and when I worked in a shop, I really liked to work with the female customers because I figured I know how to fit a bike to a woman because I am a woman, and I understand (laughs) a lot of the little technical aspects of it. Um, I think... I think if we had more women in the industry um, from a sales perspective, and I have seen an improvement in them marketing towards women. You know, when I first started riding 10 years ago, I really had very few choices in road bikes. And now I am seeing more and more manufacturers offering designs for women, but I still have a real problem with how the frames are designed. I don't think all of them are ideal. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think the people that are selling the bikes are really driven to push the women's models onto women. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if you're fortunate enough to go into a shop that has a knowledgeable sales staff and a good product line, you're going to come out really happy, but not everyone has access to that kind of a shop. You kind of remind me of something that we used to encounter a lot when we first got into business. I mean, we were the only ones selling a, a women-specific design at that point. And, and we found a lot of times our bike line would end up in a shop but it would always be sold as the bike of last resort. I, I don't know why that would happen, but a woman would walk in the shop, and they would show her everything on the floor. And if nothing else fit, then they'd finally take her to the bicycle that was designed for women. And that seems to be a mindset that's still there. It really surprises me. <laughs> I mean, it if you've got the right product, wouldn't you start with the right product to begin with? If you go into a department store and you're looking for clothing, you don't start in the men's section and they go, drat, I don't like the way any of it fits. Now I'll go to the women's section. Well, you know, it's funny because that that pretty much makes perfect sense right there. Nobody would do that. And right. yet no one thinks twice about doing that with, with cycling yeah. um, or at least with with bike fit. And I don't know too many women that wear men's cycling clothes. I don't know that many women that wear men's cycling shoes. Um or I see most women are riding women-specific saddles, yeah. and yet with the bike, they don't seem to think. And and there could be, and this is something that I would love to study in depth, is looking at competitive women cyclists, looking at their their body measurements. Are they more masculine in their own skeletons? 
And is is it yeah. because that they are like that that they're more likely to be competitive? Are they more successful because they have you know longer legs and things like that? Exactly. Or or what? Because I know that I am not the norm for the sport. I mean, my body is not typical. I'm so small. It's it's like there's nobody else out there that really uh, mimics me. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm I'm really curious as to. You know, like kind of which came first, you know? Uh, oh, I know, did, I know. Did taller women gravitate to the sport, or are they the only ones that make it because they have an easier time finding bikes? I think you just found your, your master's thesis right this there. This could be it. <laughs> yeah, please. I, I'll help you sponsor that. I would love to know what the results of that are. But you're right. I mean, that's a good question. Another interesting thing that comes up, too, in this search for bicycles, materials. You know, I mean, it, it's... Everything these days is carbon fiber. Aluminum bikes are kind of stuck to shop floors. They're not moving at all right now. Um, we we are working pretty much completely now with steel and doing hand-built steel. I had an interesting discussion with Richard Schwinn on one of these podcasts a while ago, and he told me about a study that Schwinn had uh, Cornell do for them, mechanical engineering, way back when. And it had to do with the effect of the weight of a bicycle on just how much work the rider was putting into it. And the conclusion was that the little bit of weight really doesn't make that much of a difference. I have a lot of customers who, like you, are smaller who say, why should I buy a steel bicycle? Why shouldn't I always buy carbon fiber or the lightest bicycle I can find? Because as a percentage of my total weight, that bicycle weight means a lot more than it does with a guy. Now, you're riding steel, and you've ridden a lot of other materials. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, I've never ridden carbon fiber, and I've never ridden titanium. Really? Yeah, I've only ridden aluminum, scandium, and steel. And I, well, for one thing, I'm kind of skewed in my perception because my current bike is steel, and my current bike fits me the best. Right, So I'm going to tell you hands down that this is the best bike. Um, But... I've never had uh, a super light bike. My current bike is the lightest one I, with the current build and the wheels and all that. It's the lightest bike I've ever ridden, and it's steel. Um, it's about 17 pounds yep. with the wheels we have this year. Yep. And I also go with heavier pedals, and you know, I I mean, I could I could lighten my bike up by changing the fork, the seat post, the handlebars, and I could have probably a 16 pound bike when all said and done. Mm-hmm. And that's not changing the frame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't honestly think it's frame weight. I'm—I mean, I'm small. I'm a climber. I don't generally get dropped on hills and races. And going uphill is the only point where having a heavier bike is going to be a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And I'm so much lighter than my competitors that <laughs> you know I—I I am it's about 20 pounds lighter than the average female cyclist who races minimum, mm-hmm. and it could be upwards of 30 or 40. How much do you weigh? I weigh about 93 pounds. Well, I see it if my bike weighs 17 pounds, but I weigh 93. Yeah. And someone else's bike weighs 15 pounds, but they weigh 125. Right. I think I still have a mechanical advantage. Right. So right. I am not a weight snob. I'm not out there looking to make my bike as light as fast and as possible. That's not my concern. I want to know that I've maximized my potential before I get on the bike. And I mean, I've ridden. I actually did ride. I test rode a carbon bike, and it was a it was a Fuji, and it was mm-hmm. like a fifteen pound bike. It was you know a five thousand dollar carbon everything, mm-hmm. and it was, yeah, it was light, but I like the way my bike feels better. And for a pound more than you know the light bikes, I'd much rather have 
something that's comfortable to ride. Yeah, I agree. I think that comfort is worth a lot in a bicycle ride, even when you're racing. And, and if you can't get that dialed in, then the rest of it really doesn't make that much difference. It's, uh, it's huge. What, a rider who is as small as you are in a road race, talk a little bit about nutrition. I mean, is it is it different for you than it is for the woman riding next to you who's maybe 5'4 and 120 pounds? Does, do you find that you have to take in more on board to keep going? Actually, and I don't know if this is bad practice or good practice, and I've noticed I tend to eat and drink way less than everybody else. Huh. And I don't know if that's but, – but I also don't win that often. So I don't know if I've had teammates <laughs> say to me, you don't eat enough in races. Um, I never seem to go through as much water or drink on the bike as everyone else. Um, and I don't tend to break down as quickly if I don't eat, and I don't, I don't know why that is. So – I don't think um, I don't think I need more than the average person. I might need less, or I I might be needing the same. I I don't have the best nutrition habits on the bike. I think. <laughs> what What do you typically take on the bike during a race? During a race, if it's less than an hour, um, I'll have one bottle of water, or if it's very hot out, one bottle bottle of electrolyte mix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then if it's anything longer than that, I'll have two bottles. And generally I like to have one water and one electrolyte mix. And then I try to have um, one more gel than I need, and I like to have one gel per hour. So if yeah. it's a three-hour race, I'm going to carry four gels. Wow. And I generally – I just like to have more than I need just in case. Oh, you know, yeah, for sure. I mean, or whatever. they don't weigh and that in, much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in terms of electrolyte, I don't – there's no one specific product that I prefer or, you know, I'll, if it's, if it's bare, I'll drink it. I mean, there's some that I like to taste better, but mm-hmm. I've actually in a pinch used Pedialyte and. What's Pedialyte? It's made for babies when they get dehydrated. Um, <laughs> and, Cause you can't really get a baby to drink sports drinks or anything. Yeah. And so it's a fruit flavored electrolyte drink that's marketed for infants when they get severely dehydrated and it doesn't taste great, but if you mix it with a little bit of water or some orange juice or something, it really works just as effectively. It's not a powder. It comes as a liquid, and wow. you can buy it in the grocery store. Huh. That's a good tip. That's good to know about. Yeah. I use that, actually, when it's really hot out, over anything else. Now, you're going to be racing this weekend in Fitchburg, I believe? Yes, starting tomorrow. Yes. How many years have you ridden? This huh? is my 10th Fitchburg. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm the only woman who's raced it 10 years in a row. Are you going to get a, get an award or anything for that? That's terrific. Probably not. I feel like I deserve something, but um, I don't know. I We checked, and I'm the only one that's done it. And it doesn't, regardless of category, I'm the only one that keeps coming back. So, <laughs> There might be some women who are listening to this who are thinking, you know, I think I'd like to give this racing thing a try. How, how do you get started in it? What's the best way to do that? Well, if... It depends on where you live. Um, in New England, there is a lot of support for beginning women cyclists, and there are a lot of beginner clinics for women. Um, they tend to hold them in the spring before the season really gets going, but most um, – And who would hold them? Is it a, by club local usually? Local clubs, yeah. Local clubs or local shops, and that's something that's been going on here since before I started. Um, so if you can find a, a clinic that's put on by a group of local racers – especially if you have women helping put on the clinic, that's right. a great way to get an introduction. Um, 
also in New England we have training races on the weekends that aren't they're not um they're USCF races but anyone can enter you don't have to have a racing license and they often will have like a women's only day it's designed for women who've never raced before to kind of get their feet wet and and get started in it and that's that's really the best way is, is to look for beginner clinics before you just show up at a race just because the racing experience can be very overwhelming at first yeah and and I think it's I think if you go to a clinic, it's just like going to a class to learn how to do something. It it kind of gives you a little bit more knowledge and tools so that on race day, you're aware of what you're getting yourself into and hopefully have a positive experience and come back and do some more racing. I think I was talking to a woman here who works for us who got into racing a couple of years ago. And at first she was really intimidated by the group she was riding with. And it was almost like they kind of deliberately did intimidate her just a little bit to to see if she had what it took to stick with them. Uh, luckily, she didn't. Now she's one of the gang. But I would imagine that that might be fairly common and, and something maybe you should be prepared for. Don't be put off if it doesn't go well the first couple of times. Just stick with it. Yes. Um, as much as I love women's racing, women's racing is also very, it can be very negative. Um, women are very territorial about their racing, and they're not as uh, welcoming to new riders as as the guys are. My experience, when I got into racing, um, I did have a woman who kind of helped me out and got me started, but I started training with guys, and they were so helpful at trying to make me stronger. Um, and I was very fortunate that the first team of women I was ever racing with were really supportive and, and nurturing and helpful and just trying to make me more comfortable. But I don't see that in all cases. And I know a lot of women that just their first racing experience is kind of negative because women are not generally nurturing on the bike. Even though we're supposed to be the <laughs> nurturers naturally, on the bike it's the complete opposite. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it's always good training with the guys because I'm sure you get strong really, really fast when you do you that. You do, yeah. <laughs> Which is really neat. We've been fortunate to have you posting a lot on our forums uh, at terrybicycles.com uh, where, where people can post a lot of questions about making bikes fit them and creating cyclocross bikes and uh, time trial bikes out of road bikes, that kind of thing. Uh, it Sometimes I think it might be a little bit intimidating for a woman to want to tackle some of these mechanical challenges that are involved. Did you just come to understand all of these parts and how to how to change them around because there was no one else to do it. If you didn't figure it out, it wasn't going to get done kind of thing? Kind of. Um, when I first started deciding I wanted to be a cyclist, I did a ton of research to find out about equipment and what was what was an option for me because I, I figured out really early on that I wasn't going to be able to buy something off, off the rack and have it fit. Um, I don't do a lot of the mechanics myself. I kind of design everything, and then I bring it to the shop, and I say, here, do this. Um <laughs> But I have converted, I think, you know, more bikes than – I mean, I've owned 11 different bikes. Well, I've owned 11 bikes total. Three of them are Terry's, and they're all the same. But I'm always fiddling around and changing things, and to me that's half the fun. But I do the research, and I think, and I look at the math, and I look at the angles, and I look at the engineering, and I think, how can I do this to make it work? And some of my bikes are really strange, and people look at things and say, well, I would never think to do that to it. Um, but I – I did just kind of research and, and trial and error and, and trying out things that, that may or may not work. Um, I 
don't believe that you have to buy something off the rack to make it work. Um, you know, and also when you're as small as me, you can't just go into a shop and say, buy a time trial bike to fit. So you have to kind of look at, well, okay, how can I adapt what I have to make it work? And I, that's something I've just been doing forever, and I, I find it kind of fun. It's like my hobby. To, how can I take bike A and make it fit me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a neat thing also on your own website, which is com. You have some great discussions there uh, for small bikes, that kind of thing. I mean, I think, you know, great resources for people to come to. And, heck, even if you're not small, <laughs> I mean, it's fascinating reading just looking at uh, all the things that you can do and the, the ideas that you can come up with. Oh, I've actually had guys email me and say, hey, I want to convert a mountain bike into a cyclocross bike. Can you help me? Um, not because that they're small, but just because I was – like the only person that thought about doing that legitimately because when I started racing cyclocross, I couldn't buy a cyclocross bike. So I had to modify one. So yeah, I've actually had a lot of guys email me asking me, how did you do this? How did you do that? And and that, that is my favorite thing about um, why I started my website was because when I started racing, there was no internet resource for small women. And I thought, well, geez, you know, I've done all the research might as well put something up there. So yeah, I love it sure. when I get emails from people. That's for so sure. cool. It's kind of like if you build it, they will come. And you yes. find out just how many people are out there who love all this kind of information. Exactly. I mean, it's absolutely fascinating. Did you have an engineering background or anything? Or oh, are you no, just no. more left no. brain than most people are? <laughs> I think I'm a person. I find working with, um, like, I'm kind of mechanically inclined and in that I find it fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um it's not something that's my background, but I, like I grew up, my favorite toy was Legos, and I loved building things out of Legos. So ah. I think that's kind of where it stems from. You know, my bikes are my adult toys now. Uh-huh. But, oh, I have no background in engineering at all. <laughs> that's amazing. Do you think, I'm sure, that probably lifetime cycling is a lifetime sport for you? Yes. I don't see myself ever stopping riding my bike. I love riding my bike. I don't always love racing, but I love mm-hmm. riding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a fantastic sport. It's just amazing. And and it's great whenever we can get any woman into it, whether she's short, tall, considers herself to be overweight, underweight, whatever. It's it's such an equitable sport and open to so many people on so many levels. And and now, I mean, given everything that's going on with the price of gasoline, it's starting to assume a a major role in commuting and that kind of thing, which is also fantastic. It's really kind of one piece of transportation can do it all for you, mental health, physical health, (laughs) you name it. It it is, yeah. I'm trying to get more and more friends into cycling, and I have a lot of friends who are runners, and they they get injured, and I always tell them, I said, get a bike. It's so much more fun, and it's easier on your body, and you're not going to get hurt, and you know, even when the weather's hot, you create a little breeze for yourself, and you can get from point A to point B. You know, I think I think if everyone rode a bike, there would be no there would be no war. Everyone's <laughs> happy. We'd all have what we wanted. It would be great. Ah, that's great. I'll go along with that. <laughs> that's my new theory. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, listen. Thank you very much. I really appreciate oh, you're this. Welcome. And this was um, fun. maybe we can do it again sometime and get into. You know, maybe we can discuss something like overhauling a bike specifically, like how do you take a road bike that fits you and make it into a time trial bike? 
I would what love to do something like that. We could do the same thing with cyclocross, because I know there are a lot of women who are interested in that, and when there's not a lot available to you, it's mm-hmm. nice to know that you've got some options with what you have, that you're not just stuck with it, and you can do things. So that that would be cool. So, well, thank you, and good luck at Fitchburg. I hope it goes Thanks. well there. Have a great I hope ride. It too. Okay. Okay. Thank you.